Good morning, everybody. It is November 1st, and I'm coming off a late night out there in South Lake Union in Seattle celebrating Halloween. But uh, yeah, we've got some games to go over. So welcome to the Box Out Podcast. Thanks for joining me. But like I said before, we've got some NBA games to go over. 11 on Wednesday and 3 on Halloween. So with no further ado... For the Wednesday night games, we'll go ahead and kick this off with a Midwest battle between the Chicago Bulls and Cleveland. The game took place in Cleveland on Wednesday night. In a back-and-forth affair, the Cavs ended up pulling out the victory, winning 117-111 to over the visiting Chicago Bulls. Cleveland continues to be very frontline heavy, with Tristan Thompson scoring 23 points, grabbing 10 boards, and also getting 5 blocks. Kevin Love had 17 points and 20 boards and 6 assists, while Seti Osman had 12 points as well. Colin Sexton had 18 points and 2 assists, and Darius Garland had 9 points on 4 of 11 shooting. Jordan Clarkson did Jordan Clarkson-like things off the bench, scoring 17 on 4 of 6 shooting, 8 of 9 from the free throw line. Rookie Kevin Porter Jr. played 20 minutes tonight. The USC alum scored 9 points on 2 of 4 shooting, going 4 of 4 from the line. For the Bulls, they had five players in double digits. Zach Levine had 16, as well as Laurie Markkinen, who had 16 and eight boards, but was four of 12 from the field. Otto Porter Jr. had 15, as well as Wendell Carter, who also had eight boards. And Thad Young came off the bench and had 14 on six of 14 shooting. Sadoransky had eight points and eight assists and has still yet to touch double digits this season. Chris Dunn and Colby White both had 8 points off the bench. Colby White took 12 shots to get that 8 points, though, going 3 of 12 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. The loss puts the Bulls at 1 and 4, which puts them in a dangerous spot if they have playoff aspiration. But they'll host Detroit on Friday to hopefully get back on track. With the win, the Cavs get back to an early 500 with a 2-2 two and two record, and they'll travel to Indiana on Friday. Moving to Orlando, where the Magic hosted the Knicks. Score that looks like it was from 1998. The Magic beat the Knicks 95-83. to The Knicks in the first half were kind of hanging in there, taking some leads, but ultimately the Magic took control in the second half. The Magic have still yet to reach triple digits this year, but they'll take this win. The Magic had four of their five starters in double digits with Nikola Vucevic, Coming off a really bad game where he went 1 for 13, scored 21, and had 13 rebounds as well as 4 assists. Aaron Gordon showed some life, getting 15 points and 11 boards. Evan Fournier chipped in his normal teen points with 14 on 5 of 12 shooting. And Jonathan Isaac chipped in a solid all-around game with 10 points, 7 boards, 4 assists, and 3 blocks on 4 of 6 shooting. And for the Markel Foltz watch, he had 7 points on 3 of 6 shooting. And al Aminu also had a strong game with 9 points and 8 boards. And for my Mo Bamba people, Mo Bamba had 9 points on 4 of 7 shooting in just 14 minutes. And for the Knicks, they were led once again by Julius Randle, who has a double-double in all 5 games this year. He had 16 points, 10 boards, and 7 assists on 7 of 13 shooting. Mitchell Robinson had 12 points and 5 boards and 3 blocks in just under 20 minutes. The Knicks were without Dennis Smith Jr., 
and Alfred Payton and didn't have a true point guard other than Frank Nielakina. And I think that's fair to say why Wayne Ellington and Marcus Morris both struggled. Wayne Ellington went one of eight from the field, while Marcus Morris went two of 11, but did have four blocks. Bobby Portis followed up his revenge game against the Bulls with a solid performance off the bench, getting 12 points, grabbing 10 boards. Kevin Knox also came off the bench and had double digits, scoring 10, but it took 10 shots to get there. And Nilakina, who was the team's only point guard, had seven points, four rebounds, and four assists. The loss puts the Knicks at 1-4, and four, and will head to Boston to play the Celtics on Friday night. The Magic improved to 2-2, two and two and will host Giannis and the Bucks on Friday night. And on to the Battle of the Unbeatens on Wednesday. And this was exciting because the Timberwolves traveled to Philly. Unfortunately, the least exciting thing was the actual basketball as Philly routed the Timberwolves, winning 117-95, to really just leading the entire way. But the exciting stuff was a fight between Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid that got both ejected and both got suspended two games after this game as well. The beef started midway through the third quarter when the 76ers were up by 20. Towns and Embiid got a little bit entangled and Embiid shoved Cat and Cat responded by throwing hands. Kind of, though. Anyways, of course, it's the NBA, so it got broken up really quickly and it ended with Ben Simmons actually kind of putting Carl Anthony Towns in a headlock on the ground. Anyways, even after the game, the drama spilled onto Instagram where Embiid made a post calling Carl Anthony Towns a cat um, saying he was raised by lions or something like that, to which Carl Anthony Towns responded, calling Embiid a clown and all that stuff, saying he's built for it, post pictures of what looked like Carl Anthony Towns putting Embiid in a headlock. So it's, it's good stuff. And he posted a picture of Embiid crying, which I thought was good. But let's be honest, it's the NBA, so all these guys are fairly soft anyways. But like I said before, Towns, Embiid, both suspended two games going forward. Ben Simmons, no trouble, no fine. No suspension. But as for the actual game that took place, Embiid in only 20 minutes still led all scorers with 19 points and 5 boards on 7 of 14 shooting. Tobias Harris had 18 points and 9 boards, and Ben Simmons chipped in a pretty solid all-around game with 16 points, 7 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks, and 1 headlock. Josh Richardson and Al Horford both had 12 Horford also had 16 boards. Furkan Korksmaz came off the bench and was hitting, scoring 17 on 5 of 10 shooting, including 3 of 8 from deep, in just 20 minutes of action. I gotta be honest, this Matthias Theibel guy is fun to watch. He had 9 points, 3 assists, 4 steals, and 2 blocks in just 20 minutes of action as well, but his defense is pretty fun to watch, so keep an eye out. For the losing Timberwolves, they were led by Andrew Wiggins, who had 19 points on 6 of 16 shooting including just one of six from three. Jeff Teague had 15 points and five assists, and Carl Anthony Towns had 13 on five of seven shooting. Robert Covington had seven points playing against his old team. Coming off the bench and shooting pretty well was Shabazz Napier, who had 13 points on four of nine shooting. The win puts Philly at 4-0, and and they head to Portland for a game on Saturday where they hope to make it 5-0. and As for the Timberwolves, this ends the hope of 82-0, and where they're now at 3-1, and one, and they head to Washington for a game on Saturday. All right, and in what turned out to be a game that could be described as a tale of two halves, the Bucks traveled to Boston to play the Celtics. The Bucks were in control in the first half, getting a lead up to 19 points, 
but that evaporated quickly when the Celtics quickly chipped away in the second half, starting out hot in the third quarter, outscoring the Bucks by 20 points, and eventually cruising to an 11-point victory, 116-105 over the Bucks. The Celtics were without Jalen Brown and Anis Kenter, but that didn't seem to matter much as the Celtics starters dominated, led by Kemba Walker, who had 32 6 and 6, getting to the line 15 times, converting 14 of those attempts. And Jason Tatum also had a solid game, scoring 25 on 10 of 22 from the field, including 4 of 7 from 3. Gordon Hayward continued to show that he's kind of rounding into form with 21 points, 10 boards, and 7 assists. And Marcus Smart had 19 points. Center Daniel Tice was just a board short of a double-double with 11 points and 9 boards. And nothing to report off the Celtics bench because the Celtics bench scored 8 points. Not just one player. The entire Celtics bench scored 8 points. But it was enough. But moving on to the Bucks, they were led by Giannis, who had 22 points, 14 boards, 5 assists on 8 of 13 shooting. Chris Middleton had a strong game with 26 points on 10 of 15 shooting, including 3 of 6 from deep. George Hill came off the bench and had 12 points, and Ilyasova and Eric Bledsoe had 7 apiece. Wes Matthews struggled from the field, scoring three points on one of eight shooting, and Kyle Korver came in and in just 16 minutes had nine points on two of five from three. Man, what a life. Hey, get in there. Just chuck it. The loss puts the Bucks at two and two, and they'll be in Orlando on Friday night, while the Celtics move to three and one and host New York on Friday night. Moving on to Indiana, traveling to Brooklyn to play the Nets on Wednesday. In a game that was pretty tight through the first half, but a bad third quarter from the Nets ultimately doomed them, as they gave the Pacers their first win of the season, 118-108. Despite the Pacers losing Miles Turner just nine minutes into this game, they got the victory led by DeMontis Sabonis, who had 29 points, 8 boards, 4 assists on 11 of 18 shooting. Looking like his pappy out there. Jeremy Lamb also shot the ball well, scoring 25 on 11 of 19 shooting. And Malcolm Brogdon continued to show why he's been a great signing so far, scoring 21, getting 8 boards, and also dishing out 13 assists. TJ Warren broke 20 for his first time as a pacer, and continues to look to get more comfortable in this pacer's offense. For the Nets, they were led by Kyrie, who had 28 points on 11 of 20 shooting and also had seven boards and six assists. The story that came out with the Nets kind of being a little bit concerned about Kyrie is concerning, so we'll see how that all plays out. But Karis LeVert was a little bit rough from the field, going six of 18, but still getting to 15 points. Spencer Dinwiddie came off the bench and had 20 and seven assists. Torian Prince and DeAndre Jordan both had eight points, but Jordan also had 17 boards. Jared Allen, who didn't get the start on Wednesday night, had eight points and eight boards off the bench. But the Pacers got their first win of the year, and both teams are 1-3. The Pacers will host Cleveland on Friday, and the Nets will host Houston on Friday. And now we head north, where the Pistons travel to Toronto, where the Raptors pretty much hopped on the Pistons from the get-go, leading by 9 after the first quarter and really never looking back, getting their lead up to 22 and eventually winning by 8 points. Spicy P continues to crush the NBA, this being his NBA-leading third 30-point performance in just five games. He hit 30 right on the nose with 30 points, but also had five rebounds and five assists, but scored efficiently, just taking 21 field goals and making 13 of them. Kyle Lowry had 20 points, five boards, and eight assists. Ananobi and Van Fleet had 13. Van Fleet had a double-double, though, with 11 assists. Coming off the bench... 
both Serge Ibaka and Norm Powell had 19 apiece. As for the Pistons, they were led by Andre Drummond, who had 21 points and 22 boards. Markeith Morris and Derek Rose both had 16, with Rose achieving a double-double with 10 assists as well. Langston Galloway also had 17 on 3 of 7 shooting, but got to the line 8 times, making all of them. Reggie Jackson was out this game, though, and Tim Frazier started in his place again. But unfortunately, it wasn't enough for Dwayne Casey as he lost in his trip back to Toronto. But it's not all bad for the Pistons. Blake Griffin actually traveled with the team and participated in the morning shoot-around, so hopefully his comeback is just right around the corner. The loss, though, puts the Pistons at 2-3, and three, and they'll be traveling to Chicago on Friday to face the Bulls. The Raptors improved to 4-1 and one and will be playing the Bucks on Saturday. Moving on to what was definitely the highest scoring affair of this season so far, the Rockets traveled to Washington to play the Wizards. In a game where defense really wasn't all that present, and the teams were tight with a 77-76 halftime score, the Rockets won 159-158 to over the Wizards. No team led by more than 12 in this high-scoring affair. Both teams shot the ball really well with the Wizards shooting 62% from the field, including 55% from three, while the Rockets shot 53% from the field and 42% from three. James Harden had a pretty strong performance, though. You know, just walking into 59 points and nine assists, he was 18 of 32 from the field, including 6 of 14 from deep and 17 of 18 from the line. Clint Capello was really helpful, though, with 21 points on 9 of 13 shooting, including 12 rebounds. Daniel House Jr. had 16 points and 17 boards, and Russell Westbrook had a triple-double with 17 points, 10 boards, and 12 assists. Eric Gordon had 15 off the bench and was 5 of 13 from the field and 5 of 13 from 3. <laughs> Austin Rivers also had 11 off the bench. And for the Wizards, it was a much more even attack with 7 people in double digits, but they were led by Bradley Beal, who had 46 points and 8 assists. He was 14 of 20 from the field, 11 of 12 from the line, and 7 of 12 from deep. So it's nice to see him get back on track. Hachimura has continued to do well, scoring 23 points on 9 of 15 shooting. And Thomas Bryant had 13 points, 12 boards, and 4 blocks. But the bench for the Wizards was strong, with Davis Bertan scoring 21 on 6 of 9 shooting from 3. And everybody's little guard, Isaiah Thomas, had 17 points and 10 assists. Good to see him back out here getting buckets. And Troy Brown Jr. had 14, and Wagner had 12 points off the bench as well. The loss puts the Wizards record at 1-3, and three. but things are looking up with Beal getting on track and Rui Hachimura, the Japanese rookie, continuing to perform well. They'll be hosting the Carl Anthony Towns list Minnesota Timberwolves on Saturday night. As for the Rockets, the win improves their record to 3-1, and one, and they'll be at Brooklyn for a game on Friday night. Moving to the first time the Blazers have seen OKC since Dame waved bye-bye to them in the conference semifinals, which effectively ended OKC's Russell Westbrook era. But that game was in Portland. This game was in OKC. And despite the retooling of the OKC roster, this game was truly a battle, as both teams had leads in the third and fourth quarter. But ultimately, the Blazers got the victory with a 102-99 win. Leading the way for the Blazers was Dame who had 23 points and 13 assists, as well as 7 boards. He was 7 of 19 from the field, but 4 of 9 from 3. CJ was right behind him with 22 points, and similar to Dame, was 7 of 22 from the field, but 5 of 10 from 3. Hassan Whiteside had 12 and 12. He missed a part of the game with a knee contusion, but came back in. Kent Bazemore came off the bench and had a strong game with 14 points and 3 of 4 from deep. The Blazers as a team went 17 of 35 from 3, which is 48%. 
For OKC, they had six players reach double digits, led by Chris Paul, who had 21, 5, and 5. Schroeder came off the bench and had 17, and Gilgis Alexander had 13, but struggled from the field, going 3 of 13. Nerlens Noel got the start in place of an injured Steven Adams and had 15 points and 14 boards, and Giallo came off the bench and had 12 points and 10 boards. The win improves the Blazers' record to 3-2, and two, and will host a tough Philadelphia 76ers team on Saturday. Thunder, who seem to be in all these games, dropped to 1-4, and four, and they'll host a New Orleans Pelicans team that is also trying to find their way on Saturday. All right, then we travel to Salt Lake, where the Jazz were hosting the Clippers. And it's okay, we can be honest. It's not a full Clippers team because Kawhi was resting. But it's still an impressive feat, as the Jazz were in control for most of this game, leading by as much as 23 points, including a third quarter in which they outscored the Clips by 18 points, on their way to a solid 110-96 victory over the Clippers. And we were waiting for it. Mike Conley finally got going, scoring 29 on 11 of 17 shooting, including 5 of 8 from deep. Donovan Mitchell also took 17 shots and made 10 of them on his way to 24 points. Boyan Bogdanovich had 14 after leading the Jazz last game. Joe Ingles had 10 off the bench. And Emmanuel Moutier and Jeff Green each had 8 off the bench. Royce O'Neal managed to play 23 minutes and get 4 boards, but didn't take a single shot. As for the Clippers... Lou Williams got a rare start, scoring 24 out of his new role, at least until Kawhi came back. No other starters reached double digits, though, as Pat Beverly scored 8 and Zubak scored 8. Montrez Harrell, though, had 10 off the bench. Jermichael Green had 23 points on 8 of 11 shooting and also had 8 boards. The loss is the second of the season for the Clippers as they are 3-2 and two now, and they hosted the Spurs on Thursday, which I'll dive into a little bit. In just a sec, Utah will take their Western Conference leading record 4-1 to Sacramento on Friday night. Moving to Sacramento, where the Kings were hoping to get their first win of the season, and it looks like that might be the case at points in the second quarter. But the Hornets battled back, nearly evening the score at the end of the first half. Came out with a strong third quarter, the Hornets outscoring the Kings 32-18, and the Hornets would hold on to that lead winning 118-111, to preventing the Kings from getting their first victory of the season. Leading the way for the Hornets was rookie P.J. Washington, who had 23 points and 8 boards on 10 of 13 shooting and 2 of 3 from 3. Free agent acquisition Terry Rozier had 22 and 6, but also showed up on the defensive side with 3 steals and 2 blocks. Miles Bridges had 17, and Cody Zeller had a strong double-double with 12 points and 15 boards and 5 assists. Malik Monk came off the bench and had a strong game, which is exciting, carrying momentum from his last game. He had 18 points on 7 of 12 shooting, and Devontae Graham almost had a double-double with 12 points and 9 assists off the bench. The Kings had all five starters in double digits, but it proved not to be enough. Buddy Heald led the starters with 23 and shot 16 three-pointers, making seven of them. Harrison Barnes had 22-7, and seven, and De'Aaron Fox had 16 points and 10 assists, and also added in seven rebounds. Rashawn Holmes has been performing well and got his first start of the season at center and had 17 points and 9 boards, not to mention 3 blocks. As trade rumors swirl, Bogdanovich had 12 points and 5 assists, but it took 14 shots to get those 12 points. The loss moves the Kings' record to 0-5. Needless to say, the Luke Walton era is not starting off strong. It'll be tough for the Kings as they host Utah on Friday. As for the Hornets, they move to 2-3 and and will stay in the Bay Area and play Golden State on Saturday. Speaking of the Bay Area and Golden State, the Suns traveled to Golden State, which was the last of the Wednesday night games. It was pretty ugly pretty quick for the Warriors. At the end of one, the Suns 
had a lead of 43 to 14 and then put it in cruise control and won 121 to 110. Adding insult to injury for the Warriors, Steph Curry broke his hand. So once I get a timetable on that, I'll let you know, but he will be out for the foreseeable future. But I don't want to give him a complete pass on this game as he played 21 minutes of it as the Suns were beating up the Warriors with Steph Curry. Devin Booker was the leader for the Suns, scoring 31 points and dishing out five assists. Booker went six of 10 from three. Aaron Baines continues to step in for the suspended DeAndre Ayton admirably, coming up just a few assists shy of a triple-double with 24 points, 13 boards, 7 assists, and also had 3 blocks. Saric had a strong 16 points and 9 boards, 5 assists, and 5 steals. Kelly Oubre had 11 and 7, and Cameron Johnson had 12 off the bench. And for the Warriors, Steph Curry had 9 points, 5 rebounds, and 6 assists on 3 of 11 shooting before he left after 21 minutes of action. Eric Paschal, the second-round rookie this year, scored 20. Glenn Robinson III had 17, and D'Angelo Russell had 15 points, 7 rebounds, and 6 assists. Willie Cauley-Stein had 12 points in 12 minutes for his Warriors-slash-season debut. Draymond Green had 4 points, 5 boards, and 4 assists in 23 minutes of action. Jacob Myers was questioned on if the Warriors should tank after the Steph Curry injury, and he was adamant about saying no. But he should think twice, as D'Angelo Russell and Draymond Green are only going to get you so far in the Western Conference. But I guess Steph Curry's injury will kind of dictate all of that stuff. The loss puts the Warriors at 1-3 and three to start the year, and will be hosting the Spurs on Friday. As for the Suns, they have a strong start to the year, and improve to 3-2 and two to start, and will be traveling to Memphis on Saturday. And that is it for the Wednesday evening games. But I've got stuff to do, so I'm going to go ahead and move on to the Thursday games. And this was the Halloween evening games. Kicking off the Thursday night games was the Miami Heat traveling to Atlanta to face the Trey young Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks did not fare too well without their Eastern Conference Player of the Week as Miami was in control for most of the game after taking the lead in the first quarter. They went on to win 106-97. Leading the way for the Heat was undrafted rookie guard Kendrick Nunn, who had 28 on 10 of 15 shooting, including 4 of 6 from deep, and continues to be a surprise this league as a successful undrafted rookie guard. Not necessarily filling it up in the points, but really filling it up everywhere else, was Jimmy Butler, who was just 2 of 10 from the field but had 9 rebounds, 11 assists, 6 steals, and 3 blocks. Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo had 12 points apiece, and Adebayo also had 6 rebounds and 7 assists. And coming off the bench and filling it up again was Tyler Harrow, who had 17 points. For Atlanta, they only had one starter in double digits, and that was John Collins, who had 12 points on 4 of 11 shooting. Coming off the bench, though, they had 3 people that reached double digits, with Jabari Parker scoring 23 and also grabbing 8 boards on 8 of 13 shooting. DeAndre Bembry had 18 and 10 off the bench, and also dished out 8 assists, and has had a few good games this season. Tyrone Wallace also had 12. The win puts the Miami Heat in a comfortable position of 4-1, and and will host Houston on Sunday night. Meanwhile, the Hawks dropped to 2-3, and and will face the Spurs on Tuesday night, and we will see if they have Trey Young back. Moving on to Denver, traveling to New Orleans to play at the old Smoothie King Center on Halloween night. In what was one of the more surprising events of the Wednesday-Thursday combo, the Pelicans kind of took control and really sensed that they could get their first victory of the season, and did just that, winning 122-107, to leading throughout most of the game. 
Didn't you expect Jalil Okafor to outplay Nikola Jokic? Come on, everybody saw that coming. Okafor led the way for the Pelicans with 26 points, 5 boards, and a block on 8 of 13 shooting, including 10 of 13 from the line. Brandon Ingram chipped in another strong game with 25 points and 5 assists. Getting Drew Holiday back into the lineup was crucial too, and he had 19 points and 7 assists. Lonzo Ball had 9 points and 8 assists. And coming off the bench, Frank Jackson had 21 points on 8 of 10 shooting, including 4 of 6 from 3. Talk about a heat check. For Denver, the bench actually carried the unit, with four guys scoring in double digits. Redshirt Michael Porter Jr. was actually the leading scorer for the Nuggets and had 15 on 5 of 8 shooting. Jeremy Grant and Jamal Murray had 14 apiece. Nikola Jokic had 13, 6, and 6 in a quiet way, just 5 of 6 from the field. And Mason Plumlee had 10 and 7 off the bench. The loss gives the Nuggets their second consecutive loss and drops them down to 3 and 2. And they'll kind of continue their southeast swing and go to Orlando on Saturday night. As for the Pelicans, they got their first win of the year and will be at Oklahoma City on Saturday. This time, the Clippers did have Kawhi and they hosted the Spurs, his former, former team. The Clippers ended up winning 103-97, to but the Spurs kept it tight throughout the game, never really letting the Clippers separate by too much. Kawhi led the way for the Clippers, scoring 38 points, grabbing 12 boards, also getting 4 steals. It was 15 of 32 from the field and 2 of 4 from 3. The Clippers didn't have any other starters in double digits as Patrick Beverly had 8 and Shamit had 7 and Zubak had 6. The dynamic duo of Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams though had strong games as Montrez Harrell had 24 points on 9 of 11 shooting and Lou Williams had 12 although he did go 5 of 19 from the field, so struggled to make some field goals this game. Leading the Spurs was L.A. local DeMar DeRozan, who put on a show, scoring 29 points on 13 of 21 shooting, although he did have 7 turnovers. And then Derek White, who had 20 points and 5 rebounds off the bench. Also doing well off the bench was Rudy Gay, who had 9 points and 12 rebounds, but was 3 of 10 from the field. LaMarcus Aldridge had a rough time getting anything going, scoring 5 points and grabbing 5 boards in 35 minutes of action. He was 2 of 8 from the field. Luckily for the Spurs, this was their first loss of the season, and they are now 3-1. and And on Friday, they'll travel to Golden State to play a Steph Curry-less Warriors team. Meanwhile, the Clippers move to 4-2, and splitting a game Wednesday night and Thursday night. But they get a few nights off, as they'll be hosting Utah on Sunday. And that's it for your Halloween night. Thanks for listening to a semi-hungover version of me. I'll let you get back to your day, and thanks for listening to the Box Out Podcast. Peace! Peace!